This is the sermon of Reverend Roy Terry IV from Cornerstone United Methodist Church in Naples, Florida. The sermon takes place on January 10th, 2021. If you wish to learn more about Cornerstone, you can visit cornerstonenaples.org. So it is baptism of the Lord Sunday, and on a typical Sunday in the life of Cornerstone, we might be doing something bizarre or wacky to help you remember your baptism. I mean, in 25 years here at Cornerstone, I've done everything from sprinkling to pouring buckets of water over people to even pulling out a super soaker and spraying the whole church down with water. The super soaker is now banned because I hit a few people in the eye and knocked a couple contacts out, but that's all right. They remembered their baptism on that day. Uh, today's different because there are very few of us here. And so remembering our baptism, um, we've got to do that like we've been doing communion. We've got to remember this internally, receive it spiritually. And as we come to the, the waters of baptism and we see the baptismal bowl in front of us, we need to be reminded of all that Christ is and has done for us and acted on our behalf and invited us into God's story and through our baptism, we're called to live that good news out in the midst of the world. But the challenge today is that I want you to do more than remember. Because in light of the past week and the past year, in which there's been tremendous turmoil and division and people arguing amongst each other, the, I, mean, I mean, no one can have a decent conversation anymore. Nobody can listen to the other because everybody's taking sides as if their candidate or their position or their angle is better than everybody else's. We've lost the ability to come together to hear one another in a way that we can move forward into a better day. We've decided we'd rather uh, take sides in the midst of the world because our stance is better than the other person's stance. And I've got news for you, that is not at the heart of Christ or the gospel or God's desire for God's people, especially those of us who are born in Jesus Christ through the waters of baptism. We're called to go forth into the midst of the world to be lovers and offer God's grace to all and not to be afraid to speak boldly in the face of those things which are dark and broken and corruptible and lead to destruction and, yes, even death. Christian people united in Jesus Christ who is the Lord of all who reigns over all things, are called to be the ambassadors of grace. Amen? And grace literally means God's unconditional love. And so being unconditional to one another means that we're willing to put on the ears of Christ, the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ, to see each other as humans. I'm hearing people pitching battles from all the sides, calling each other names, dehumanizing the other. I've got news for you. We're all broken, amen? We have all committed corruptible sins, amen? But we are all human. We are all united and born and formed in the image of God and through the love of Christ. Praise be to God. Our work together is not about getting somebody elected. Our work together is embodying and allow ourselves to be formed in Christ and in the narrative of God's love in the midst of the world and to share that wherever we may go, beginning within our home, in our workplace, in the town we live, in the state we find ourselves, and then out into the midst of the world. It begins right here, people, right here. Because the anger and the aggression that is going towards each other is not 
of the gospel, and it's not going to get us anywhere. And the good news for those of us born in Christ's baptism is that our allegiance, our allegiance is to Christ and Christ alone. You're not a Republican when you go under the waters of baptism. You're not a Democrat when you go under the waters of baptism. You're not an independent when you go under the waters of baptism. And whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Barack Obama or George W. Bush, they are all human beings just like you and me. And none of them have the ultimate answers. All of them need us to actually speak truth to them and hold them accountable as a people who've been called to lead and yet not allow them to be deified or elevated to status that somehow appears in many ways to be over that which is the one who reigns, Jesus Christ. So we've got work to do because after this past week and hearing all the comments and reflecting on my own life, I realize I've got work to do personally. I know you do too. And that the language that's being used and the brokenness that's existing in our country and the world might actually be a reflection on the church's failure. I think we've gone to the waters of baptism and we brought children there and we brought adults there and we baptized them in the name of Christ and we and we've spoken the language of dying in Christ and rising of Christ as if it's a means to get a ticket to heaven or simply to just cover, cleanse ourselves, our sins so that we might be right with God. But baptism is so much more than that. So today, rather than just remembering baptism, I want to invite you to reconsider your baptism. It's not enough to remember. Sure, that's a part of it. But unless you are paying attention to the details of what baptism is and means for us and reconsidering your relationship with Christ and then your relationship with the world, baptism is just an idle ritual that's meaningless and empty. Because baptism is not just a cleansing of sin. It's not just getting into heaven. It's becoming a full person in Christ invited on a journey with Christ, to be formed in the very image of Christ, to become yourself good news for others. Baptism invites us not just to a place of personal holiness, not just to doing good deeds of mercy to others, Those are, that's all part of it, but it also takes the third step, the third leg of the table that holds everything together, and that is to be a people who desire justice. You don't believe me? Let's look at the text. Gospel of Mark, right? Earliest gospel written. Um, and it seems to be very brief, but within that passage we read today in the Gospel of Mark, in the baptism of Jesus, there's so much we find there that speaks to what this baptism is about. You might hear people ask the question, why did Jesus need to be baptized if he was holy and perfect and the God in flesh, right? Why did he need to go into the waters of baptism? Because something else is going on in Jesus' baptism than just a cleansing of sin. John goes out to the water because John believes that's the work that needs to be done. In other words, getting people right, cleaning them up, sending them out, that they might live their lives good and straight, right? And that's a part of it, don't get me wrong. 
But that's not the fullness of what baptism is. And that's not the fullness of the event we experience in Jesus through the Gospel of Mark. We have clues throughout the Gospel that kind of tell us what this baptism is about. And at its core, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's about justice. It's about accepting the prophetic voice and call that God has placed upon Jesus to become an embodiment of the good news here and now. And our baptisms in Christ call us to that same thing. If you don't believe me, just look at some of the highlights within the text. Geography, right? Where is this baptism taking place? Is it taking place in the temple? No. Where is the baptism taking place? In the wilderness, by the River Jordan, right? The wilderness, the marginalized place. Not the central place, but the marginalized place. Not the center of power in the world, but the marginal, the outskirts, the place where nobody would expect God to speak. That's where baptism is happening. That geography is intentional in the text. What Mark is trying to tell us is that what God is doing is not to find his seat within the power systems of the world, not to go to the temple, not to the, the high thrones of the kings and the rulers of the land, but rather God is going to act through the least, the lost, the broken, the marginalized. And what God is doing is he's decentralizing power. He's saying those who think they have power don't have power. They're all being invited out to the wilderness, to the margins, that they might find their seat around the table, which everyone has voice, and all find themselves equal with one another. What Jesus is doing in his baptism is he's reminding us that the power seat is God's, and God desires the hearts and lives of all people, not just those who think they have power, who sit on the throne, or call themselves the religious elite. The geography of where Jesus is baptized is important. And the river in which Jesus is baptized is important as well. You think about the Old Testament. You remember stories around the Jordan River? No, you don't, do you? Joshua actually crosses the Jordan to enter into the Promised Land. Remember that? After he takes the, the authority of God to lead God's people, after Moses' work is done, the Jordan becomes that transition between the old and the new. But even more importantly is in 2 Kings, when Elijah is about to be taken, and Elisha, or Elisha, whichever you prefer, is to take the mantle of Elijah on himself. You know where they cross? They cross at the Jordan. In other words, that event takes place at the Jordan River. Elijah becomes a very important part of the story that Mark is trying to tell because the prophet Elijah, you know what his work was? His work was actually to speak to the kings and the rulers of God's reign and God's rules, to speak against the corruptible politics of the world and actually invite people into a new relationship and life that could be found in God. Elijah gets taken away. Uh, it's believed that he never dies. And Elisha, or Elisha, takes on the mantle. He takes on the prophetic mantle, the work of the prophet, to speak truth to the people and truth to the nations. Matter of fact, John the Baptist takes on the very nature and character of Elisha. He dresses just like the prophet. He finds himself at the Jordan River proclaiming a message of repentance, metanoia to change your mind, something new is going to happen, and that's where Jesus meets him. And Jesus is kind of there, 
it's kind of unsuspecting. He's, he's just there. And he comes to the water to be baptized by John, and John baptizes him and ushers in this new day. He takes on the new mantle of the great prophet, the one who will bring peace and justice to all the nations. We hear that even in the proclamation that happens during Jesus' baptism, because that resonates with another great prophet, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah foretells of the day in which the heavens will be rend apart, and God will take care of God's people and bring redemption and healing to the land. Isaiah also first tells of the day in which God's spirit will descend upon the one, the suffering servant, the one who will bring healing and justice to all the nation. So everything in this portrait that Mark is painting of Jesus' baptism directs us to the power of baptism in itself. That in Jesus' baptism, it's not just about us going to heaven. It's not just about getting into the kingdom. It's not just about cleansing of our sin, even though that's all encompassed in it. But even more importantly, Mark wants us to know that the work of God's people through Jesus Christ and through his baptism is to tell a better story and to speak the truth and love to others and to let them know of God's love and rule in the midst of the world and in their hearts and to live a different life in the midst of a world that is corruptible, that pits itself against each other, that participates in violence towards the other, who demonizes people rather than embracing everybody as a common humanity created in the image of God. To go into the waters of baptism and to come out alive in Christ means that you also take on the prophetic mantle in Christ Jesus is Lord. And so, with everybody talking about all the stuff going on in the country and over this past week, which was a really dark week, full of a lot of questions. I tell you, I hear people pointing the finger and blaming everybody else for what's going on, which got me thinking about blame and how blame is also connected to shame. Rather than addressing our own hearts and our own lives rather than looking at our own darkness and our own participation and maybe even culpability in the things that are broken in the world, we'd rather deflect that towards the other. And so we'll point the finger and we'll blame rather than addressing our own brokenness and our own shame. And I got to thinking in the midst of this baptism of the Lord Sunday that my baptism in Christ called me to be a child of the new creation that I am no longer my own, but now I am Christ's. And he calls me to live my life in such a way that I might strive in every way to be good news, to desire the best for the other, and to also seek and to speak for those who are voiceless, who are broken, who are cast away or pushed to the margins to desire justice and equity for all people, that that is in baptism itself. And so, before I can ever talk about anybody else and what they're doing, I have to look in here. It starts right here. Because we all have work to do. 
We all have to think through our whole life. How are we participating in ways that are hurting others or creating division? And in what ways are we welcoming and inviting and bringing people into this great story of love that we know through Jesus Christ? How are we creating inequity even in our own households? Why do we continue to live on old narratives where men are somehow superior over women and and children have their place rather than viewing everybody in mutual respect and desiring the best for all? This is in our own household we can do this work. Or even in our workplace where we'll put up with hearing jokes and conversations about people of other races or gender or orientation pointing the finger and laying blame and laughing and stop it. Speak up against it. Don't settle for that. Your child is baptized in Jesus Christ. And when you see people going at each other, their political ideologies and agendas and issues, don't jump in taking sides. Seek the desire to listen to each side and then discern it through Christ, the lens of Christ in ways that we can participate to help God's movement and kingdom move in the midst of the world. Happy Baptism of the Lord Sunday. It's not just remembering this, this, this year. It's an invitation to reconsider it. The depths of what it means and what we are called to in Jesus Christ who invites us into that story. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, uh, as we affirm our faith, I got over here. I just want everybody to hear the baptismal covenant uh, and to prayerfully discern that in your life and think about what it means for us to embrace this truth in Christ. And so I ask you to respond with me. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? And everybody said... For more information on Cornerstone United Methodist Church, you can visit cornerstonenaples.org or contact the church office through office at cornerstonenaples.org.